The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he just has to touch all the big things. Welcome, Jacob. Well, they're just so shiny. That is true. Why, well, thank you. Let me do our co-host, a man who, if I have to run into a prototype door one more time to pull your butt out of a fire, I hope it's a, I hope it's the last. Welcome, Drew. Yes, but I caused the greatest scream in centuries. That is true. Next time I'll have to wear clothes. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Because oh my gosh, I'm blind. I'm blind. Ah, So yeah, today we are reviewing Monsters University, the prequel Mm -hmm. to Monsters Incorporated. But yes, it is a Pixar film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't we just go ahead and get into it? Except the thing is still playing. Yeah, I think I can play the thing over it. Certified fresh and spoiler free. This is my second viewing of the film. Okay. I originally saw it in theaters back when it came out. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is a stupid idea. Why on earth would you go backwards? There's so many things you could do with Sully and Mike and Boo in the future. Why would you go back in time and do a prequel? And at the time, I was very against prequels. Mm. Let's face it. Star Wars Wars. had put a bad taste in my mouth. Fair. And Star Trek kind of had also. Mm. So So you were all prequeled out? Yeah. This one, actually, I thought the movie was actually pretty good. Uh, There's only one little continuity hiccup, which Mm. we'll get to. Yeah. But uh, I thought this was a very, very good story. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed Monsters University, and definitely kids can watch it. So, yes. What's your thoughts? My thoughts there, uh, this is the first time I ever watched this film, so I get to put it on a list. Yay! Um, I really, I, I was, I was going in with low expectations because they're gonna be like, I didn't know anything about this film, all mm-hmm. I knew they were in college, and I didn't know the dynamic of how they actually met or anything. So, with that said, I found this movie really, really enjoyable. It was a pleasure to watch. It was very. There are some things in here. It's like, okay, would they do that actually in Monsters University or they just made that for the film? But overall, I really enjoyed it. Well, it's important to note that this is meant to be a send up to college films like. uh, uh, What is the name of that film that has John Belushi in it? Uh, Oh, that mm. the name is escaping me. Yes, um, I, I had another film that I my dad let me watch when I was a kid, and I was like, "Why did you let me watch this film?" Um, Animal House. Animal House. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of. Movie I've never seen before. Uh, I, I didn't finish Animal House. I got about part of the way through. I was like, "This movie is so stupid." Uh, <laughs> so, and I, I, I mean, I have not watched a lot of college movies, and I know that's what this is primarily a send up to. Yes. Uh, I will. So I, 
I don't know how well it stands up that in that way, but yeah. I did think this was done fairly well. Yeah, agreed. So you ready to jump into the full? Yeah, let's let's uh, spoiler spoil filled the... section. Yeah. The following is a spoiler filled review for the film Monsters in University. Listener discretion is advised. Monsters University was written and directed by Dan Scanlon, who also wrote and directed Onward. Hmm which explained a lot to me. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, it was also written by uh, Daniel Gerson and Robert L. Baird. Getting into the cast for this, we have Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski, and he played uh, Miracle Max in The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Which we will talk about later. We will? Yes. Okay. Did you not catch that reference? Oh, there was references. Yeah. Lots oh, of references. Oh, yeah. No, literally, you said, oh, we'll talk about that later. Going, no, we're doing Young Frankenstein next week, not Princess Bride. <laughs> In this episode. Okay. Come on, get with the program. Uh, anyway, John Goodman plays uh, Sully, John P. Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And in the movie Kong Skull Island... And I believe in the upcoming uh, television show mm-hmm. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, yeah. he plays Bill Randa. Yeah. The guy who forced everyone to go to Skull Islands <laughs> and then died a very painful, horrible death. <laughs> My gosh. Steve Buscemi played Randall Boggs, or Randy, as he's known in this film. Huh. And, of course, he was Wayne in Hotel Transylvania. Right. And I didn't know he was going to be in this film until uh, I went to see it the first time. Really? I never saw him in the uh, in the trailer, so I... So he goes uh, the that gets that part there where uh, Mike is meeting his roommate. I mm-hmm. go, oh, that's Randall. Mm-hmm. Crap! This is going to be a long relationship they're going to have to deal with. Uh huh. And I, like I said, I didn't know he was going to be in this. Yeah, same. Helen Mirren was the voice of Dean Hardscrabble. Oh, okay. She's been in a lot of things, but the first thing that jumped out to me was she was Victoria in Red. Oh, okay. Which red stands for retired, extremely mm-hmm. dangerous. It is one of my favorite films. Okay, fair favor. Peter Son was the voice of Squishy. Who? Squishy. Who who voiced them? Peter Son. Peter Son. Peter Son. Where's the name sound familiar? Well, he is the voice of Socks in Lightyear. You know, the robot. Oh, cat. yeah, the robot cat. Probably the best part of that film. Probably the only good part of that film. <laughs> Joel Murray played Don. And uh, he was, he, he, he played Pete Cavanaugh in Dharma and Greg. Okay. Sean Hayes was the voice of Terry with an I. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was Pete the Guard in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Gotcha. David Foley was Terry with a Y. And he played Flick in A Bug's Life. Okay. A film I haven't seen yet. Charlie Day was the voice of Art. And he was Benny in the Lego movie. Okay. You know, the one that liked the spaceships. (laughs) Alfred Molina was the voice of Professor Knight. That's right. And he was Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, among many other things. And Spider-Man No Way Way Home. Home. Yeah. And he was also uh, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, and like lots of other things. Yeah, he's he's a very famous prolific. Oh actor. yes, Tyler Labine was the voice of the Greek Council Vice President. 
he played Tucker in uh so he played Dale in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh my gosh, I watched that in college. Oh my gosh, that's such a good movie. Nathan Fillion was the voice of Johnny, the uh leader of Roar Omega Roar. Oh, now I hear it. Okay. Yeah. And of course he was Captain Malcolm Reynolds in Firefly. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza was the voice of the Greek Council president, and she played uh, plays Julie Powers in Scott Pilgrim in the upcoming show Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, okay. and of course Scott the film Scott Pilgrim versus mm-hmm. the, the World. world. Uh, Bobby Moynihan plays played Chet the uh, Johnny's uh, friend. Okay, uh, you know his sidekick. That's what I'm looking for. I got his sidekick. Yeah, and. Uh, he played a character in Car- uh, named Carlton Dennis in Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. Julia Sweeney played Mrs. Squibbles, the Squishy's mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. And she played a character named Julia in Work in Progress. Okay. Bonnie Hunt played Mrs. Graves, and she was Rosie in A Bug's Life. John Krasinski played Frank, and he was Jim in The Office. Okay. A show I've never seen before. Yeah, but you know John Krasinski. Yeah, I know John Krasinski. Yeah, be like he played uh, Mr. Fantastic in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Thank you. Bill Hader was the referee and the slug. (laughs) Poor slug. And he played Fear in Inside Out. Okay. Beth Bears played all the members of uh, uh, whatever P&K stands for. Oh, Uh, okay. That fraternity, that sorority. Yeah. Yes, them. Uh, literally called P and K Carrie is how she's credited. Oh my gosh! And she plays Caroline Channing in Two Broke Girls. Oh, okay. Bob Peterson reprised his role as Roz, even though we we only saw her as a oh one of the CDC, yeah. uh, uh, number one. Yeah, and she was in a, obviously Roz. Yeah, and she was in a hazmat suit. Yes. And he played Doug in Up. Doug the dog? Doug the dog. Oh, okay. Squirrel! And of course, because this is before Pixar was stupid and canned John Ratzenberger, he plays the Yeti in this. He does? Yeah, yeah he cameo. does. That's right. The same role he had in Monsters Incorporated. Yeah. He even says, uh, you better be careful with the mail. That's a federal offense. And, and if you uh, break that rule, you get sent to the... Uh, uh, yeah, get exiled to the human world. Yeah, that's right. So I wonder what he did. Anyway, he's Cliff Clavin and Cheers. Yes. Kingdom Hearts Connections. Huh. Take a guess as to the number. I'll take maybe six. More. Eight. More. Nine. More. Eleven. Less. Ten. Yes. Okay, good. It was ten. We have Tara Strong as additional voices in this. Okay. And she played the Final Fantasy X Riku Mm. in Kingdom Hearts. I have to say that because there's two different Rikus, and they're spelled differently. So it's the one that originally came from Final Fantasy X. It's Kingdom Hearts. What do you expect? More on that when I finally get around to Kingdom Hearts 2 on Untangling Kingdom Hearts. Selfish play, you know. Hey, it's you, part of the Cellcast network. I guess it's called network. I guess. Network. I guess so. Yeah, plug your own show. Why not? Jess Harnell, aka Wacko Warner. 
Oh. Played additional voices in this. Yes. And he was Dr. Finkelstein and Locke in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Bill Farmer was additional voices in this. And he's Goofy, Pluto, and Horace Horsecaller in Kingdom Hearts. Huh. Keith Ferguson was additional voices in this. And he plays Marluxia in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Greg Berger was additional voices in this. I hope you're seeing the trend here. Yes, I'm seeing the trends. (laughs) And he played Eeyore in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, bother. Matt, Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer, the DM of Critical Role. Yeah. And famously played Maximus the Elephant and Leo the Lion. Oh, my. Oh, we don't talk about Leo. He was additional voices in this. Yes. And he played Ira in Kingdom Hearts. Plus, he was Krom and Yusuke Kitagawa in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hmm. Okay. Because, yes, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is a Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> it's interconnection. John Ratzenberger, <laughs> the Yeti in this, mm-hmm. played Ham in Kingdom Hearts. He played Ham, the pig. Of course. The, well, the piggy bank. Mm-hmm. Because he in played the, the piggy in bank. the Toy Story <laughs> yes. world. Of course. Patrick Seitz, additional voices here, additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. Here's a fun one. Carlos Alazaraqui. He was additional voices in this. However, in Kingdom Hearts, he's actually the voice of Mike Wazowski. Really? Yes. Because they couldn't get Billy Crystal, apparently. (laughs) Oh, it's too funny. Last but not least, Paul Eating is additional voices in this. Mm-hmm. And in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, he plays Colonel Roy Campbell from Metal Gear Solid. Ah, okay. Cool. And that brings me to the end of the cast list. What do we got in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. Uh, IMDb has a 7.2 out of 10. Is available to watch on Disney+. Plus. Production was through Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation Studios. Uh, distribution by obviously Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Release date uh, was it was first released on June fifth, two thousand thirteen. Where do you think it was first viewed, Drew? I think it was first viewed in a test theater at uh, Pixar Animation Studios in Emeryville, California. Eh, wrong. Am I? Yes. Am I really? You are. It wrong. may not be the answer to your question, <laughs> but am I wrong? Oh, really? Sh- like <laughs> pedantics. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm gonna guess. public viewing. I'm going to public guess. viewing. I'm going to guess. <laughs> okay. Well, that theater that they own in California, that's right next to the old Masonic Lodge that no longer belongs to the Masons. Am I right? What is the? I don't remember the name of that stupid theater because it's not the Chinese. <laughs> it was at the BFI uh, South Bank, also known as the National Film Theater. Not the one I'm thinking of. No, I did exactly. get it wrong. You failed. I don't remember the name of that. I'm gonna have to you, look it up. You failed me for the last time. Oh, All right, so man. yes, it was. It aired. Uh, it first showed at the uh, at a. Music Festival World Theater, and then in uh, June 21st of uh, that same year throughout the United States, going into the box office, it had an estimated budget over of $200 million. Yeesh. That's a big budget for a movie. Uh, it's opening United States and Canada. 
El Capitan was the one I was thinking. Of. El Capitan. Okay. It's not the El Capitan. Ah. Uh. El Capitan was the one is the one I was thinking of, but that wasn't the answer to your question. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. So opening weekend for the United States of Canada was $82.4 million on June 22nd of that year. It's U.S. gross in uh, Canada. Uh, yeah. Gross in the United States of Canada was $268.4 million, and its world gross was $743.5 million. All right. Home release. Monsters University was released on Walt Disney Home Video Entertainment on Blu-ray, 3D, 3D Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, and on demand on October 29th, 2013. It was accompanied by the Blue Umbrella, Pixar, Pixar's short film, which played alongside the film in theaters. It's home video sales earned a revenue of $111 million with 5.5 million copy uh, million copies sold, making it the fourth best-selling title of 2013. Monsters University was released for the first time on 4K Blu-ray on March 3rd, 2020. So that is all I have for info and stuff. There's no sequels. I know there is a show now, Monsters. What is that show called? Mon- Monsters at Work. Monsters at Work on Disney Plus. And it is a sequel. It does take place after the events of Monsters Incorporated. Okay. Because the main character is a guy who was going to be a super good scarer until everything changed and now he has to work in like the the bowels of the entire plant yeah that's because they have no need for his kind anymore i hear a vinge coming i never finished the show so yeah i've never watched it yet but if you watch it let us know getting into the summary as a young child michael mike wazowski visits the Monsters Incorporated factory on a class field trip to learn about how scares harness human children's screams for energy to power the monster world. He secretly follows a scare through a door to the human world to watch him work. Initially upset, the scare compliments Mike, prompting Mike to want to be a scarer himself. Twelve years later, Mike enrolls in the scaring program at Monsters University and is assigned Randall Boggs as a roommate. He also encounters, encounters James P. Sully Sullivan, the son of a famous scare. On the first day of classes, Dean Abigail Hardscrabble, the president of Monsters University, warns that students who fall fail the first semester's final exam will permanently leave the scaring program. Over the next few months, Mike works and studies hard to improve himself, mm-hmm. while Sully teases him and slacks off, relying on his Sullivan name and natural talent. Sully and Randy also try to get into the top fraternity on campus. Roar Omega Roar. An intense rivalry begins to form between Mike and Sully. On the day of the exam, Sully and Mike's rivalry gets out of control as they attempt to outdo each other. They inadvertently destroy Hardscrabble's prize screen canister. She personally tests and fails them both. Sully for lack of technical knowledge and Mike for not being physically scary. Determined to prove his worth, Mike enters the annual scare games with the misfit Uzma Kappa fraternity as his team and makes a deal with Hardscrabble. If if okay, which is what Uzma Kappa is short for, mm-hmm. 
uh, wins, they and Mike will return to the scare program. But if they lose, Mike will be expelled. As OK needs one more member to be an official team, Mike asks Randy for help, but he has joined Roar Omega Roar. Sully volunteers, and Mike reluctantly accepts. Initially, due to Mike and Sully's conflicting personalities, Uzma Kappa struggles in the games. They only pass the first round due to another team's disqualification for cheating, and the second due to exploiting a loophole in the rules. The Roar Omega Roar invite Uzma Kappa to a party, then stage an embarrassing picture for the, of them and post it all over campus. The team becomes discouraged, so Mike takes them to Monsters Incorporated where they sneak in and watch the scares using their differences as advantages. After being chased off by the guards, the rejuvenated team begins to work together under Mike's coaching and passes the next two challenges. In the final challenges, members of Uzma Kappa and Roar Omega Roar face off in the scare simulator, each trying to frighten a dummy child. Uzma Kappa wins after Mike racks up a lot of points with his scare, but Mike later discovers Sully tampered with the simulator settings. The Uzma Kappas abandon Sully and their trophy in shame. Determined to prove he really can scare, Mike sneaks through a door to the human world into a summer camp cabin full of children. However, he is shocked to discover none of them are frightened of him. Sully, having admitted to Hardscrabble that he cheated, breaks in to rescue Mike, to whom he apologizes and confesses that he cheated because he was worried about disgracing the Sullivan name and letting the team down. The two avoid several park rangers and try to re-enter the monster world, but find that Hardscrabble has deactivated the door to keep the other monsters safe. Working together, the duo manages to scare the rangers, creating enough energy to power the door from the other side, and like every scare canister that was in that room... Mm -hmm. And destroying the school doors last uh, school's door lab in the process. Sully and Mike are expelled from the university for their actions, but the other members of Uzma Kappa are allowed back into the scaring program. As Mike and Sully leave, Hardscrabble admits they surprised her and expresses her hope that they can continue to do so. The two go to work for Monsters Incorporated in the mailroom and over the years work their way up through the ranks until Sully at last becomes a scare and Mike as his coach slash scare assistant. Getting into the trivia for this. As the students enter the School of Scaring building, they all touch the front paw of the statue in front of the building. This is a reference to a tradition at Harvard University where students touch the left foot of the statue of John Harvard for good luck. As a result, the foot of the statue at Harvard is shiny and polished down. The animators included that onto the statue in this movie as well. Mm -hmm. There is a line in Monsters Incorporated, where Mike says that Sully has been jealous of his looks since the fourth grade. Since this movie was going to show Mike and Sully meeting in college, it obviously contradicts that line. Yes. Director Dan Scanlon admitted that there was some conflict behind that and even had one treatment showing Sully and Mike meeting in the fourth grade, then skipping ahead to their university years. Pete Docter, the director of Monsters Incorporated, and John Lasseter personally told Scanlon that they love that he was honoring that one line said in the movie, but he had to do what was best for the story. Mm. As a result, the line was put aside and Sully and Mike would be shown meeting in university. As a joke, Scanlon said that Mike's line in the first movie is a old monster expression. Mm. I think there was an easier way they could have done it. Mm. And it would have been very apropos. Got it. Just have Sully be in Mike's class at the, at the, uh, field trip at the beginning that's all you really yeah, have to do all you gotta do is just like throw just them have them be in there and have them even kind of fighting a little with each other yeah 
that that shows the deep seated jealousy they, that Sully has at the beginning of this. True, not jealousy, but you know, the rivalry. Despite being offered the role of Dean Hardscrabble outright, Dame Helen Mirren requested that she audition for the role anyway to ensure that the filmmakers were satisfied with her performance. Hmm. When waking up after sleeping on Sully's hand, Mike is heard saying, I know you're a princess and I'm just a stable boy. The line refers to one of Billy Crystal's previous screen credits as Miracle Max in The Princess Bride, a story focusing on the love between a princess and a stable boy. When James P. Sully Sullivan enters Mike Wazowski and Randall's room with Fear Tech's Pig, a motivational poster can be seen above Randall's bed, which reads, The Winds of Change. Shh, you can, can you hear them? Randall says the same line to Mike in the locker room during Monsters Incorporated. Mm. When Sully and Mike are in the human summer camp, the child who comes out of the bathroom before Mike is about to leave roars at him. This roar is a sound recording used from Monsters Incorporated for the character Boo. Oh. Which means I did actually leave out one Kingdom Hearts connection. Really? And that is whoever the voice actress for Boo was because they used her audio in that too. They did. At the end, you see the careers of Mike and Sully in Mike's locker from starting in the mailroom to becoming scares. Mm -hmm. For a split second, there is a picture of his mom and dad. Hmm. True. During the final exam, before Mike and Sully are kicked out of the scaring program, Dean Hard Scrabble tells Sully that a roar to someone who's afraid of snakes would not make them scream, but have them run off crying to their parents. This was proven in Monsters Incorporated, where where, where this happened to Boo after Sully was roaring by the scare simulator and her unknowingly watching close by. Hmm. That brings me to the end of the trivia. So. What's your first like for this film? Uh, oh my gosh, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. I oh my gosh. I cheered and laughed my head off when I when I heard this reference when uh Mike and Sully are sleeping and he starts it's like it's like, oh I know you're a princess, but I know also the, the like I'm just a, a poor stable boy. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a princess bride reference. <laughs> And I lost, I lost my freaking wig. Although if I wore a wig, tail me. By all technical accounts, she wasn't a princess when he was a stable boy. That technically, oh yeah, because she married, she married. She, 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 well, she never actually married. They just gave her a title. They so just she, gave her so a she title. could marry the prince. That is true. I read the book, and it's funny how they go about that, but and how they explain where, where the uh, what she's a princess of is actually a. Uh, a, a back alley behind the castle <laughs> basically oh, okay but oh my gosh i was like okay yeah billy crystal re, uh uh came back for his his his, his role as mike Wazowski mm -hmm. and uh oh Wazowski. but oh my word like when when that line hit, when Billy Crystal said that, I was like, oh my gosh. I literally had to pause the movie and just uh uh get you know gather myself because I was just losing. I was like, I want to watch Princess Bride right now because I just had that reference. It is such a good film. It is such a good film. We're gonna do that at some point with uh mm -hmm. um with uh Cellcast Plus. Yeah, Cellcast Plus. But Oh, I, I was for that one scene for there again. I watched Princess Bride while I was in college, 
And oh, I think most of us watched it in college because most of us never heard of it before that. Well, I mean, most I of did us. not watch it until college. Yeah. My mom was convinced I had seen it. Oh, okay. Before that point. I got you. And she actually had the book uh that it's based on like from when she was in high school. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 reference alone by Billy Crystal was hilarious. I had to stop the film, compose myself to continue watching the film because I was that excited about a reference to a movie from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the Princess Bride reference, I lost it. That is my first like in this film. Oh, my gosh. What's yours? So, my first like in this film is the fact that it kind of shows an un- inconvenient truth and actually doesn't uh, shirk away from it. Okay. Me and you, we grew up in a time Mm -hmm. when everything on television and everything we were hearing from, like, the world Mm -hmm. was uh, live your dreams, chase your dreams. If you believe it, you can achieve it. it. Yeah. And the sad fact of the matter is that's a big nope. Yeah. You might. I'm not going to say you're not going to. There might be a strong, there might be a possibility. There there is a chance, but there's also a good chance that you don't actually have the skills to pay those bills, no matter how much you want it. Yeah. And I actually am amazed and very impressed that this film from Disney of all people, uh huh. Well, Pixar, but still, it's Disney. Yes. uh, Actually had the guts to say, you can, you can be, you can have all of the passion Mm. and the exuberance and everything. For for what for for something uh-huh. doesn't mean you're qualified. That is true, and that's the hard lesson Mike here has to learn because all he wants to be is a scare. Oh yeah, he's studied it more than anybody else. Oh yeah, he knows things nobody nobody else has uh, talks about. This man is responsible for the largest scare on campus, and I don't mean the fake one at the games. Yeah. This man, because of what this man was, this monster was able to do, not only were they able to power a door from the other side, mm-hmm. but they also filled every screen canister that was not connected to the thing mm-hmm. and caused them all to explode because of how much screaming that caught to happen. Now, yes, he had to work with Jay, with uh, Sully to pull that off. Yeah, Sully was definitely the one. Sully who- was the one who did the scaring because he was the one capable. But if but he couldn't have done it had Mike not planned Yes. Everything. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Because that's where Mike really mm-hmm. is talented. What, yeah. uh, as a, in the in the scaring program is being able to plan about a thing, mm-hmm. uh, to train, to coach. That's the thing we see in this. He does. He's, he does a great job of coaching all of those Macapa to become mm-hmm. the best oh, monsters yeah. they mm-hmm. can be, the best scarers they can be. Mm-hmm. And bless his heart, he wants to be. Oh, and we can even see it in Monsters Incorporated, how he wants to be like the big star on everything and doesn't let the fact that the uh, his picture, his and Sully's picture on the magazine is covered up by the barcode, <laughs> which I love the fact that when you go to Disney Plus and see the little screen for Monsters Incorporated, that Mike Wazowski's was blocked by the, the next video preview. Because <laughs> I saw that at the end of this film because I watched this on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, but they, they show the uh, Sully even goes, 
you can't kick him out. He's the heart of the team. He says, but he's not scary. Yeah. You can't graduate in this degree if you're not scary. And Mike is not scary. Agreed. That's why he does so good at the end of Monsters Incorporated after they find out laughs are more powerful than screams. And he's able to actually do a good job as a comedian mm-hmm. uh, monster instead of a scare, mm-hmm. which Sully wouldn't have been able to do. No. So, yeah, I love how this... It doesn't say don't follow your dreams mm-hmm. because all of those Macapa got back into the scaring program. Yeah. Whether they graduated or not is another matter entirely. Exactly. So they at least got to get back, get their dreams back. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, no matter what, Mike was never going to be able to complete his dream. Yeah. To see his dream in fulfillment. And he had to shift it to something that was a little more mm-hmm. uh, attainable. Yes. And I appreciate that they were just very sincere. And it's like, yeah, we know every other movie, we're going to tell you to chase your dreams and all that stuff. But this one's like, yeah, you may not actually be able to attain it. Yeah. And you may have to shift gears. Yeah. Which is what you learn at at college. You do. A lot of times. And you also learn that in career. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the things I appreciate is the fact that this looked at that inconvenient truth. Mm -hmm. Unconvenient. That's not a word. Inconvenience. <laughs> so what's your second like for this? My film? second like uh, plays off yours is the camp scene mm-hmm. is where Mike is. So he has been told, oh, he's not scary. Oh, he can't do this. He can't do this. Believe me. I, I, I am that kind of person. It'd be mm-hmm. like, if someone says I can't do something, I will, I will push heaven and earth to make sure I at least try. I, I can right. attempt. I can do this. So Mike uh, breaks into the, the class doors, goes into this 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 uh this camp in the human world, and he tries to scare these kids, and they're just all fascinated, just like roar! Oh, he's cute! Oh, he's adorable! Can you make us laugh? That kind of thing. Because then you get Mike's um. Uh, he gets his downfall of yeah. be like he realizes it'd be like all his dreams, all his ambitions are crushed. Mm-hmm. And he is he is so defeated, so downcast as a person, as a character. And it's just that, and then you have Sully comes in trying to save his friend, and you have this interesting dynamic of be like uh Sully is trying to run from the, the sheriff department, finds Mike. All down by the down by, down by the river. I keep thinking when we see some scene from, like living in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river. <laughs> Saturday Night Live, John Candy. Moving on. Yes, <laughs> but like you have this great scene where these two characters are just be like, oh, I'm be I've I've wasted my life in a way, and uh, and then you have this be like this beautiful moment between these two characters. They're in a, the where the entire scene is cast in like a like a bluish gray. Mm-hmm. Like everything's cast in a bluish gray. You're in the real world. You're at night, and both these characters realize be like they're they're not who they think they are. They they are they they are like Sully has been riding on the coattails of his family his his family legacy and mm-hmm. who his family is and. Um, he, he thinks he's the best thing ever and he realizes he is not. Yeah. And then you have Mike who has believed all this time, I'm going to be the greatest scarer ever. And like you said, be like the idea be like chase your dreams. And he does that. And he comes to the stark realization that he is not a scarer. He realized that his, 
his dream has been dashed because mm-hmm. he's finally encountered humans and he's going to scare them. And all he is is a joke to them. Yes. He is something funny to them in which that plays into later in monsters. Uh, what's the other incorporated film? incorporated. Thank you. In monster incorporated. But then it's just more be like, you, you had this very heart to heart moment with these two characters. And then, uh, Mike starts to learn. And it's like, Hey, what if we do this? What if we do mm-hmm. this? And he starts playing into more his strategy and how he, you know, builds a plan and yeah. stuff. Cause you see that throughout the entire film, like Drew said earlier, but, uh, I just love that moment where Mike goes through the door and he's, he's planning his, his, he's going to scare this kid. And like this kid just looks at him and laughs and looks at it like he is so defeated, so downcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it takes that little spark of brilliance to, it's like, we have to find some way to get back home and like all the stuff that happens. And like, yeah, I just, I enjoy that moment where it's Mike and Sully are sitting by the river and they're, you know, kind of opening up to, it's like, Hey, be like, like my dreams are dashed. Hey, I've been living on the coattails of my family. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really, really wonderful hard art character with these two characters and they grow from that. So, yeah. The camp scene. So my second like for this film mm-hmm. is the lighting. Oh, okay. This is the first time that Pixar has used ray tracing. Yes. For uh, its lighting system. Before this point, all the, uh, the lighting in, 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 in Pixar films were all baked into the textures. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they would literally have to get everything animated, send it off to the lighting team. And then the lighting team would have to change the textures to put the light. Mm-hmm. So, so that, you know, the lighting would go where it's supposed yes. to be and everything would be bright and, and brilliant. In this movie though, they literally, and this is one of those things that's, I'm going to describe it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sound really stupid, mm. but they literally set something as a light source and have the computer trace all the rays of light through everything and so that it actually lights the scene naturally. Mm-hmm. And it they use it get yeah, granted, they are showing off in this film. Oh yeah. Uh the 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 one that 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 uh the one that comes to mind is the scenes there in the the school of scaring like main room there, yeah. where there's this light shining in on the center of the room mm-hmm. from the outside. And everything else is in shadow, and you ha- and uh, you see the first time we get to see Dean. Uh, I'm gonna call her Scrab Apple. That is not her name. Scrab Apple. <laughs> I mean, it's something like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, Dean uh, Hard Scrabble. Hard Scrabble. That's it. You're close. We see Dean Hardscrabble fly in. Which, oh yeah, good night. I do love the, the, her design. Oh yeah, uh, the, the the dragon centipede. That's a mm. cool design. Mm-hmm. It's not on my likes list, but I'm going to throw that out here as a bonus. Gotcha. Uh, but you get that thing where she she flies in, and you can see like the shadows move naturally. They didn't have to animate that separately. The lighting system took care of shadows. The way the lighting would bounce off the walls and hit like. Mike's eye mm-hmm. where you could actually kind of see a little bit of a reflection, but yeah. not really uh, the, the lighting on like the, the, the canisters mm-hmm. where it shows how full the canisters are. Yeah. Um, the scene in the sewer 
with the pink ur- sea urchin things. Oh yeah, yeah. And they turn Dude, all the lights off, and they're gl- so and they good. do that pul- that pink pulse glowing mm-hmm. thing. You're going, and it, that's not something they could do before this, Phil. No. Before they did went to this, where it would look right, it would be a lot of hard work for them to pull something like that off, mm-hmm. and it works so well here. It's like it, it bring allows them to add atmosphere in a way they couldn't before. And I, that's one of the things I love about this. And it's one of the things I am so that Pixar has used this since then, like a lot of time mm. on, on nearly every film. Yeah. Uh, DreamWorks has, has been doing a lot of this too. You can definitely see it in like uh, how to train your dragon three mm-hmm. and uh, Kung Fu Panda three. It's in that one. I think it's in Kung Fu Panda two also, but, uh, and, um, uh, Disney, of course, ha- ha- uses it. They yes. and you can tell the difference when they used it when they don't. It's, it's if I remember correctly, this is after Tangled and Frozen is when mm-hmm. this film came out. Yeah, and Tangled and Frozen used baked in lighting, but then when you get to like Frozen Two and they're using the the ray tracing because they were Disney at that point was pretty much using the same software Pixar was mm-hmm. and uh, our same tools. And you can just tell the difference in just the feel uh, of the lighting there. And you can feel, and I love that it's here too. And I, I just, I, I love the style of lighting because it's mm-hmm. the best thing that's happened to 3D animation probably since uh, Toy Story 1, in my opinion. What's I, your third like? My third like would be is like, oh, pronounce this correctly. Uh, I've got it in front of me. Uh, owes me. Owes me Kappa. Ozma Kappa, thank you. Ozma Kappa, because yeah, it's like ooze, ooze Kappa. Yeah, it's the pun. Yeah, ooze Kappa. Uh, I enjoy like you be like you get this be like we we both been to college. We, we oh, you yeah. know graduated college in some capacity, so you you have this like you know the, I was never in a fraternity, so I, I was don't I know was, that particular. But you culture. saw it, you saw it all over you the saw place. It, yeah, you saw it all over the place. Um, but be like you you have that the the college mentality, the college that like everything is about, you know, being in clubs and being this and this and this mm-hmm. where some of us was more like, Hey, let's just get through our classes. Right. I, w- I would just like to pass my classes and, and get a real job, please. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would like. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. Uh, Uzma Capo. I just, I, I found it very fascinating that they would take the, basically the loser club mm-hmm. that no one respects whatsoever because it's a bunch of guys who just want to be a part of something and they can't make their, they, they can't get into any club organizations. They make their one. Am I right? Pretty much. Yeah. So, and then you, know, here comes Mike Wazowski and, uh, or, or I mean, like, I, I love the, the, the setup where uh, Uzma Kappa is used this, this, these uh, this band of misfits that no one likes, no one wants to be around, mm-hmm. is the the team that comes together. It's basically with, Animal House. Yeah, that's kind of what that is. That's I think that's what that's referencing. Is probably the the, the house the, the fraternity house of myths misfits. Oh, okay. So. Got it. But um, yeah, I just I enjoy the 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 house of myth the you know like you said the house of misfit misfits who are they're 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 the rejects of their peers and they wind up being the uh 
the winners of everything, even though it'd be like Mike Wazowski and uh, Sully kind of ruin their own chances. Mm-hmm. But then you have these these guys who are just be like so fortunate to have two great leaders that lead them to victory in the uh, the 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 scare Olympics. What do they call it? The scare games, scare games, and the scare games, and uh, and you 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 find where these these uh these uh poor unfortunate souls have you know become uh more than they thought they ever could be, mm-hmm. and and like you said, be like we don't know if these guys ever you know graduated from the scare camp. We don't know this. Be like they're they're probably an extended lord. So like oh yeah, they all oh, they all graduated whatever, but uh. I, I enjoy the camaraderie these guys have, the guys who are rejected by everybody else. And by the end of the movie, they're all accepted by everyone else because mm-hmm. you, you won the scare games and you impressed everybody. And uh, I'd be like, I love that kind of the, the underdog who is uh, looked down upon. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you'll never be nothing. And they want it being something. And I just, I thought that was very, very clever uh, from a story standpoint. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uzma Kappa. My third like for this film, and I admittedly am focusing on like the technical aspects yeah. of this one. I love how they re- were able to redesign uh, Sully and Mike and Randall, our three main mm-hmm. uh, heroes yeah. that that were in, that are in the uh, the original movie. Mm-hmm. They redesigned them where it made sense how they were younger versions, because yeah. uh, you know. Uh, Sully in in Monsters Incorporated, he's got a bit of a gut. Yeah, he does. And here, he's actually very fit. Yeah, Mike is cuter, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, in yeah. this one. And then you've got the idea of Randall with glasses. Oh my gosh, I love that. And he's like, and he's just like this bright, cheery person. And it's like, and, and you know, the first the, when you first see him, it's like, I know what you turn into. What's going to turn you into that? So he's like, it's just Mike saying, oh, by the way, if you want to be scary, take your glasses off. Yeah, and that's why he squints all the time because he can't see. <laughs> Randall Boggs, go get contacts. You can afford them. Being the top scared. Yes, I'm just throwing that out there. Yes, but I I love how because we see we get to see Mike and so uh, Mike specifically mm-hmm. in three different versions of his life as a child, yeah. mm-hmm. as an adult, as a. College student. college student and as an adult in this film and yes it's all it's all based on the same design but it it, it works together all mm. the way through agreed and i i, I appreciate I, I love i love the work they did with the model designs here um and i like how in the end when you see you know the, them getting into monsters incorporated mm-hmm. and sully is shaking the hand of uh the villain of the next of the original film, yeah, the, the head of Monsters Incorporated, and he's got the afro and the beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, well, you, you do get to see uh, Mike's girlfriend, I uh, can't think of her name, mm-hmm. but you do get to see her, and they didn't change her model much, but uh, she's there, and of course, uh, the abominable snowman, uh huh, and he looks just like he did. And I am convinced you could tell me I'm wrong. Mm. I'm, I even brought this up in the Monsters Incorporated episode, or somebody might have. But I'm convinced the reason he's working in the mailroom mm-hmm. is because he's basically Cliff Clavin. 
It's got <laughs> to be a reference to that. It has to be. Because in Cheers, Cliff was a, mail a mailman. Man. Yeah. And somehow that was the entire reason he supposedly knew everything. I say in quotation marks. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly knew everything. Uh, so I, I, I just love how they were able to take these older designs that were going to have to have been far less polygons yeah. in the days of Monsters Universe, uh, Incorporated. Yeah. And then we're able to upgrade them and actually make every single version of these characters recognizable yeah. in a way without, but still being able to put a little bit of a, a nuance, a little bit of a polish on yeah. them. And I, honestly, I love the design of all the monsters in yes. this film. Agreed. Dean Hard Scrabble, like I said earlier. Yeah, amazing uh, design. Johnny. Uh, where uh, look was a was a good design. Mm-hmm. The uh, Uzma Kappa guys, the Squishy might mm-hmm. be one of my favorite ones. Yeah, because he just can just stand there with his eyes wide open. And it's like, oh, that is actually very creepy. Mm-hmm. And because that's and he that's how he he scares Mike like that all throughout the movie. Oh yeah, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then you got a uh, uh, Dan uh, Dan from Sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlton. Dan Carlton, Carlton, I think is Carlton. his name. And uh, it, with with his uh, uh, octopus arms, mm-hmm. and then let's not and, and I and like Neko in our chat is saying, mm-hmm. can't forget Art, the reject from uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> I am sorry. The first thing I thought when I saw it was like, you're either a reject from the Muppet Show or from Sesame Street. Either way, that's a Jim Henson design. There's no way that's not based on Jim Henson monsters. Uh, uh, yeah, you're not. And then um, I did, 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 uh, Terry and Terry, mm-hmm. uh, where they have to, where for the scare games they're counted as one person because they go, they go by monsters, not by heads, and yet they apparently are different majors. Which is sad because one of them's a dance major, and the other one isn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, the, and and then all the other ones like um, there, there's so many background, especially like the P and K monster. Yeah. I know that's technically all separate monsters, but it's very obviously they're working on a hive mind. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all pretty much the same person. Right. So. Oh. I, I, I'll, and, or and the the goths and hiss. Oh yeah, this <laughs> uh, is great. Oh, it is it is great. I love all the monster designs in this, but the ones that really stood out to me were Mike, Sully, and Randy, mm-hmm. or Randall, I should say. Yeah, because uh, they they did such a good job of every different version of those of those characters they showed in this. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the brings us to the end of our likes, and we need to get into dislikes. Yeah, what's your first dislike for this film? My first dislike is like, okay, so they set up where Mike runs into Randall as his first roommate. Yeah, and they really don't. They're not roommates that long, as far as I understand. They're not. Uh, it's very obvious that at the very least, it doesn't last a semester because it's obvious that Randall is in. Roar, make a roar going That's into right. the second semester. Yeah, going into the, second going into the spring semester. Yeah. Which would be like, I, I I love they brought this character in and they kind of explained things why he squints. And I love your explanation of that. But I th- for for someone who enjoyed Monsters Incorporated mm-hmm. and this character is literally like he's introduced 
and you see him every once in a while in scenes, but he's not really utilized at all. But like, yeah, yeah. he's he's used in the 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 final the the final competition of the scare games, but you really don't get to they don't utilize him the way that I think they don't they utilize should. him really at all. No, they don't. Or a character that's going to be very important in the further on in the story chronologically. Yeah. It really does feel like he's there for fan service. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, because I, I think if they would have used more of the, like why he has such a beef with Wazowski, mm-hmm. I think that it would have been a little more like caveat at the very end of it. It's like because it would have made more be like you would have been. It's like, oh, OK, that's why him and yeah. Mike don't get along. Well, because that, see, that's the thing is we have to read a lot into that relationship in this yeah. way. Because if you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, Mike and Sully getting to be n- nearly breaking the scare record mm-hmm. at, in Monsters Incorporated and beating beating Randall, who not only is a very scary monster in his own right, right, he got there the right way. Yeah. He went through college. He graduated. For all we know, he uh, uh, graduated uh, uh, summa cum laude. Yeah. Or whatever the Monsters University equivalent mm-hmm. is. And then here are the two biggest goofballs, as far as he's concerned, Mike and Sully. Yeah. And they worked their way up from the mailroom, and now they're going to be the ones to get the scare record when they, in his mind, didn't put the time in correctly. Yeah. Now, granted, they actually put more time work into it than than Randall did. Yeah. But I, you have to read into it to yeah. catch that. Yeah. The movie does nothing for you. There is no rivalry mm-hmm. set in stone here, other than. Randall didn't work with uh, Randall joined Roar Mega Roar instead of helping Uzma Kappa. Yeah. So I, I think the, the scene where it sets up, where it's like, Ooh, be like, I don't like you Wazowski anymore. Mm-hmm. It was what, like the, the first, uh, the first game or the, yeah. it's only got be like, cause they were expecting, you know, Uz Kappa to, you know, get chunked out of the very beginning. And it's just like, he has that one little line. It's like, Ooh, Mike Wazowski. Ooh, I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, you could have th- be like, had Do it a little the, more with yeah, it. I'm the, not the, saying the make dualism him, of these two characters. I'm not saying make him the main antagonist, no. but he needs to be the guy we keep tripping over. Yeah. Especially since he's in, he can go invisible. Yeah. Oh, that'd been great, but they never utilize it. Yeah. It's, it's sad because you have the, the guy who looked like in monsters incorporated was the villain who actually isn't the villain, but if they would have set up to where he was like even more of a pro antagonist mm-hmm. towards Mike and crew would have been great. Cause that, that means we go into monsters incorporated and have this really nice built in beef between these two characters. And it's not just implied. I would not, I'm not really even asking for much more, mm-hmm. What I'm wanting is have us see Randall, like spying on Uzma Kappa for, Roar Omega Roar. Oh yeah. Have Johnny have him out there keeping an eye on see what on this what on earth oh, yeah, it is that they're doing. Been, yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Something show it show that he's more of a thorn in Mike and Sully's side than exactly they showed here. Mm-hmm. Because literally from the uh the embarrassing picture to the end, Randall's not even in the film. Yeah. So yeah. So my first dislike for this film. Mm-hmm we get i I, you're saying yes they we have randall but they don't get to do much with yeah he's not utilized at all or very well i would love if they had actually 
honored the fourth uh, the fourth grade line. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I had a I have a perfect excuse. Just have him be at the field trip. Yeah. Have them like like kind of fight a little bit. Have him be one, just have him be one of the monsters keeping Mike from being able to see. Mm-hmm. That's all you had to do. Yeah. And that would have covered that line and we would have been able to accept it and move on. But the fact is, yeah, they don't meet until they're in college. Yeah. And it's what 15, 20 minutes into the film when Sully finally shows up. Yeah. After we've had a lot of setup, and they don't know each things, other and they don't know each other. And it, it, it hits you kind of right out of the blue. It's like, yeah, you want me to believe that Sully and Mike are going to be enemies prior to them having to learn to work together in this film. Yeah. Show me their enemies. Don't just like have him be an annoyance. Yeah. That's all really Sully is in this, uh, at the beginning of this film. Mm-hmm. Granted, I, I believe in their friendship at the end, but at the beginning, I'm supposed to believe that they're in, not really necessarily enemies, but they're not friends. They're antagonists. Yeah, antagonistic they're antagonists to each other. other. Yes. And I don't really get that. I just get, Oh, he's annoying. So mm-hmm. Sully's annoying because he doesn't have to work. And Mike's, uh, ha- Mike finds it annoying because he has to work harder than everybody else. Yeah, kind of reminds me of Boimler and Mariner. And more I think about it, but <laughs> you're not kidding. But uh, I just want like more of that. Give me a good reason why. Honestly, they should know each other before they meet in class, in my opinion, and it, they should just not be on good terms at that point. Yeah. And that actually makes that rivalry there at the uh, at the, at the first semester final, yeah, agree. all that more powerful. Yeah. So yeah, that's my first dislike is that we don't get to see more Sully at the beginning of this, and it would have been so easy to pull it off. Yeah, agreed. I, I would I would definitely uh, bounce off that and make that my or two is where we we get this setup in Monsters Incorporated where. And be like, oh yeah, we knew each other in fourth grade, but they have to nix it for this film mm-hmm. to make the story work. And like you said, it simply could have been where uh, Sully was part of the class, or like maybe he was like the class bully, because we're like, oh, his father was, you know, you know, Sullivan. Yeah, and just make some kind of like very quick excuse and be like, oh, he's there and he's gone, but then you just be like, he just picked on Mike. Mm-hmm. And you know they get to college gear. It's like, oh my gosh, you're here. And they could have even thrown a line in, like when they meet, says, "You moved away in in, in like fifth grade." Mm-hmm. And that would have like, okay, you just do that, and it's like, okay, y'all knew each other. Moving on. Yeah, and we're not asking for a lot here. No, but I, I think I think it would have been, it would have made the story a little more, at least made the canon from what we understood from Monsters Incorporated fit within the dynamic of this story, but they just dismissed it. And it's like, Oh, okay. They knew each other from college and which is a fine enough way to handle it. But there's like, you could have done other things, but it'd be like to look at the other side of it. That would have also helped this movie. Yes. But if you're looking the other side of it, be like, if you had not watched monsters incorporated for a very long time, or it's for some length of period mm-hmm. and you watch this film and like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. But then be like, you remember, it's like, oh yeah, that one line where, oh, they knew each other in fourth grade. But at the same time, it's kind of played if our if memory serves correctly, where Mike, is it Mike? Is it, is it Mike who says it? Like, oh yeah, it's Mike. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's says, Mike. You've been jealous of my look since the fourth grade. That's right. 
because that that would make more sense to be like if they were more antagonistic for each other when they were younger. Yeah. And that would make it a lifelong rivalry that somehow turns into them being the best of friends. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, I think the 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 if they would have just added be like, you know, they knew each other or he was just a bully or something like this, it would have made more sense for for a guy like uh, mm, Sully who be like, it's just riding on the coattails of his of his heritage of his father's name. And he doesn't really have to do anything because he's already a scary monster. He mm-hmm. doesn't study. So he is just the big bully because he's got the name and the cloud. Yeah. So it would have made sense if he was in fourth grade, he would have picked on the small kids. Mm-hmm. But say lovey, they didn't they didn't do That's that. Not they, what they went with they, they went with be like, oh, they may have started in college. So you throw away the entire setup in the first one. So yeah, I agree with you. My second dislike here, and this is a nitpick, mm-hmm. I will admit. I would have loved it if uh throughout different parts of the story mm. you actually got to see the slug trying to run to class oh yes just in the background yeah don't 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 push it honestly the the shot of him at the beginning and the shot of him at the end is 90 percent of what you need so it's there but i'm just like when the camera is mm. like doing an establishing shot of a building show him running yeah like doing that quick, do, do, trying to do that run. It's like, mm. that would have been, that would have been just a nice little homage. Yeah. The best part to do it would have been when they're at a, when, when the, uh, the embarrassing picture gets revealed. Yeah. When they're passing all that. And, and he's, and that would, you that would be great. Just in the background, mm-hmm. way in the, way in the distance, you just see this little yellow slug going, I got to get classical. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I agree. Just that little quick little visual gag is all you need. Now, granted, I still wonder how he got to the all in the summer and didn't realize more than one day had passed. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's my second dislike. What's your third? Uh my dislike, like it kind of goes back to one of my one of my likes is where Mike is like he is so determined. Like one, like everything that transpires in this movie is Mike. Because he's trying to prove himself, mm-hmm. and instead of be like, because he is so dedicated, be like, I have to be a scare, I have to be a scare, and he winds up be like breaking every rule he can in order to prove that he is a scare. Yeah, and I think the be like there again. I love the scene where he hijacks the door and goes through the door when he's not supposed to. I mm-hmm. enjoy that, but I think it's it because my my thought would have been is like where they conclude where they conclude the story where they conclude the uh the second act the second mm-hmm. act where they finish the uh the scare games they finish scare games they have this really nice high note yeah. and uh maybe it's implied that Sully Sully cheated and he made he rigged it for his friend be like if they would have left there it would have been great but they're going to be like I enjoy the third act of this film do not get me wrong but I think if they would have made the the uh, the final the the final task for the mon- the the monster games made that the third made that the third act because it seems like they tack be like it's beautifully done. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. But I think story wise, if they would have just kept with the oh we're going from here to here to here, and you have all of these character build up, 
And if they would have just ended with, oh, be like, you know, this is how they got into like Monster uh, Monster Incorporated or something like that. Or like maybe maybe they got a special like it's like oh be like they did so good this one task be like maybe they got be like by your by your senior year be like you're gonna have an internship here or something like that because they're gonna be, I think that would have been a really good idea. But they went in and did this really amazing scene for the third act. But I think personally, if they would have ended it at the end of the scare games and just be like, kind of wrap that up. I think there's a way to do it. Okay. Where basically the same events happen. Yeah. But it is at the end. It it does end with this at at the end of the scare game. Yes. And here's my thought process there. Okay. Instead of the scare simulator being the final uh, test. Yeah. It would be the second to last. Yeah. And yeah, okay, maybe you have three teams coming to go over there, and that might have been a little awkward in mm. staging. But have the, the scare simulator be like the second to last one, and then the last one is they actually have to go and scare a real human being. Yeah. And then Mike can't. Yeah. He lose he 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 ends up losing it at the at the time when it would have meant the most. Yeah. And the dean actually still lets in everybody else and it does require in the process of all that solely to have to admit that he rigged yeah. uh, Mike's in the simulator. Something like that. Yeah, I agree. Cause, cause and you can still have the same act and the same mm-hmm. procedure. Oh yeah. Granted, you might not have been able to do it in a building full of uh summer camp teenager girls. Yeah. But, but that <laughs> was fun. Oh my God. That was funny. That was the fun. minute you realize there's more than one person in this room. Oh, Mike gosh. is Mike is in deep doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what did you do? Mike, why did you do this? But I, I be like, I agree with you. I think they could have made the the third task, the the third act, and made it where like, hey, maybe the door malfunctioned or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um Sully has to somehow fight, you know, get in there and yeah. try to save his friend. From you know what's going to happen because they're again, oh here here's a bad oh, one and maybe they I mean, maybe the, they think since they were able to power on yeah the door the and all the canisters and all that that Mike must have done a really good job even though nobody was able to see him do it but Sully yeah maybe nobody knows Sully went in after him for whatever reason yeah so and, and, again it's and point. Mike has to do the honorable thing and back out himself because he knows that wasn't him yeah. He's not a scary monster, and he can't stay in the program, because, even if he wants to. Because the, then you have both characters admitting, be like, hey, be like... They both have to do the honorable thing. I'm both have to do the honorable thing. So I think that would probably be a better idea. And then they could go work in the mailroom at Monsters Incorporated. Exactly. Or 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 they, they could have had, like, a special invitation. It's like, hey, ever since you did such an amazing job, even though you are no longer at the school, be like, hey, here's this internship. At Monster Incorporated. Oh yeah, I could I could definitely see uh, whatever the name of that of the head of Monsters Incorporated. I yeah. think it's been a while since we watched that film. Yes, uh, I don't so I don't remember the character's name, but I could see him doing that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. A, yeah, you guys did just a great job. Be like, hey, be like, if, if you and another job, reason go. for Randall to be mad at them yeah, because, exactly. he just because goes, they have three years of head start. It's like, oh, I hate these guys. I would have that all-time scare record if I had gotten the three years head start they did. <laughs> Water Noose. Thank you, Neko. Water Noose is the name what? of the of the, the head of Monsters Incorporated. Water Noose. Okay. Yeah. 
James P. Waternoose. That's what it was. That's right. Uh, so but yeah. yeah, I think that would have been a great idea. Just, you know, that's your third act and be like, and you just kind of, because they make the, the first, second, third, all of the second, the second act, mm-hmm. this build that entire, that'd be like, it's wonderfully done. But I think if they would have broke it up, made, made the first and second and our characters learning to work together better, be yeah. like, make that your second act. And then your third act is, the the final challenge mm-hmm. but that's i think it would have made, made a a solid film but there again the way they did it is an excellent film i think yeah. just the way structurally structurally it, wise, it does work it does work do not get me wrong this movie works but i think if they would have structured it a little differently it made it where Malk, mike all of a sudden be like he he like he's convinced but like he is he is still unconvinced that he's not scary and breaks into a door and, you know, jeopardizes everything because of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been better if you would, like you said, the third challenge was like, you actually have to scare an actual human being. And I think that would have been great. And maybe the door malfunctions and Sully sneaks his way into her to help his buddy somehow, somehow. But I think that would have been a better idea. But there again, this movie has a great story beats. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, I just personally at the third act should have been this, but so what's your third li- third dislike? My my third dislike. Mm-hmm. We don't get more references to classic monsters in this like we got in Monsters Incorporated. True. In Monsters Incorporated, you had literally Godzilla standing next to Mike and, and yes. Sully yes. on the road. Yes. We don't actually eat it. We don't get to hear the Godzilla roar because well, to quote Nate from the monster on film vault, Toho said, no ho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Makes sense. And all we got was a, was a chicken calling, which is kind of funny, but also kind of not. Yeah. Uh, also. And, and of course the restaurant that they stayed at was Harry Housen's where, where Mike and, and, his girlfriend had their yeah. date and boo gets out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get anything like that here. No, we are at a college for monsters. Mm-hmm. Why are you not naming the, co- the each of the buildings after famous monsters? Yes. Like the, I don't know the Dracula school of scaring or something like that, or Dr. Frankenstein's uh, school of, the Dr. Frankenstein school of uh, 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 of scare mm. a scare canister yeah. tech or whatever. Why are you not doing that? There, sh- I, I don't. Yeah, there should have been more. The first movie did such a good job of not just being a monster movie, but being an homage to yeah. monster movies. Yeah. And this one's just like, oh yeah, we're not going to say anything about any other monsters besides the ones that we own the rights to. Yeah. We're not even going to make a reference. Just do something. Yeah, agreed. Put it Dracula or something. Yeah, because Dracula is like open copyright now. Like most of what Universal- most of the classic monsters are. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, uh, Universal still holds rights to the movies. Yeah. So Boris Karloff can't, you can't have his version. Right. Or uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula. Mm-hmm. You can't have his version. But you know what you can do? Mm-hmm. Have it be like Boris Lugosi's camp for girls that the last thing ends up. <laughs> That'd be 
been perfect. That would have been or whatever the name of uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, whatever that actress's name yeah. was. Something like that, where it's just like fun like that. Yeah. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing. Granted, we don't have like a restaurant that can be named after somebody. Yeah. We, but we have school buildings. What college is not naming their buildings after people who've pumped a lot of money into yeah. it? Yeah. You should be naming every single one of those after a famous monster with the implication that they paid a lot of money to this mm-hmm. school exactly. so they can have their name on a building. Exactly. Why the crap are you not doing that? So the, the one that came to me is like, okay, so uh, Mike goes into the door. He goes into this camp, and it's just full of – it's a girl dorm or whatever. It's a bunk. And I kept thinking, it was like, oh, come on, please do something from like uh, – Camp Crystal Lake or something like that. But yes, you, you, Camp you, Crystal Lake would have been great. Yes. Or just Crystal Lake, but spelled di- with yes, spell Crystal slot so, differently than they did in Friday the 13th. Yeah, exactly. Just Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. And it's like that would have been perfect. It'd be like, oh, we're at Camp Crystal Lake again. Great. This is some throwaway line like that. They're like, oh my gosh, they're throwing this in here. <laughs> All you really would have to do is when the 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 girls start waking up you see on the wall a hockey mask exactly a <laughs> hockey mask or uh like you know a a glove with you know metal fingers yes, something. something like that good night why is there not a monster with the freddy krueger claws <laughs> that is going true. to this school i'm not saying any freddy krueger himself just but like s- somebody should have the the claws yeah and maybe his maybe their 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 fur has the exact same Pattern, pattern. It's it's not an exact homage, but do something. Yeah, you. Why did you do nothing with your with your monster call out? So you could have done so much and had fun with. I know you were focused more on the college thing yeah. and its monsters, but you could have played more played into, this. into it. Oh my gosh, yes. So yeah, that's my third dislike is that uh, we got okay. no uh classic monster shout outs mm-hmm. in this at all. Yeah. Gamera School of Watercraft. <laughs> oh, that would the, the Gamera Gamera Cafeteria. Gamera Cafeteria. Special today on Turtle Soup. <laughs> You're welcome, Nate. Gamera, Gamera, Gamera is really neat. He is filled with turtle meat. We've been eating Gamera. Okay. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this. Jacob, what are you rating this film? Oh my gosh. This is, this is a wonderful, fantastic film. Uh, it's uh, like, I'll be like, this movie is so like catchy. The story's great. The characters are great. But, like, yeah, I, I've got nitpicks galore on this film, but mm-hmm. like overall it is freaking fantastic. So yeah, I'm probably give it like a 7.5. Be like, it's an amazing film that, uh, I definitely need to go back and worry, watch, uh, monsters incorporated to get more because they're again we haven't watched this film in a while yeah it's been like two years two three years i think it was 2020 yeah something like that but yeah so yeah uh 7.5 what about you i'm giving it an eight because i actually do like this film yeah uh it's a fun film. It's the music in this. I didn't talk about it, but some of the music in this is very catchy. Yeah. And I, I do like kind of band music, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Okay. And there is a lot of that in here. Agreed. So uh I I um uh, it's a it's a good, fun, catchy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh it's got a good story. I, I'm surprised this is only my second viewing. I mean, it's not yeah. my favorite 
of the Pixar films. Yeah. But I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be up there. I do have to say the unfortunate thing is this is around the time that Pixar might have been running out of ideas <laughs> since they were already resorting to sequels. Yeah. And this was after Brave and Brave as good a film as Brave is. It, mm-hmm. it had some troubled times. Agreed. But either way, yeah. Um yeah, I'm giving to give this one an 8. All right. Next week we're doing a plus review. Yes. Of a sequel to classic monster films. Yes. Kind of. And itself a parody. Yes. Young Frankenstein. A movie I have never seen. In Dun, black. In black and white. No offense. I'm quoting the trailers for this film. <laughs> and we may or may not have to. We have some guests coming, I believe. Nice. Uh, last I heard. So join us next week for that. Uh, next, we're going to play your bumpers, mm-hmm. and then on, our, on the other side, we're going to uh, talk about what we've been watching, some news, and maybe a little bit of X-Men. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce weekly geek culture-infused devotionals, their podcast, Calm Talk, and written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms, such as beat-reading books with Riri Allegedly and... Uh, Gundam with the Gundam Watch and in bad movies, much like we just got done doing with uh, uh, Bad Movie Month with uh, The Bottom Shelf. So go over there and check them out. Cellcast would also like to thank the following patrons, if I can find that list. Cellcast would also like to thank the following patrons. Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com and Edwin Gonzalez. If you want your name read on the show, plus uh, uh, uncut episodes of the Cellcast and uh, every once in a while art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. So, Jacob, I have a question for you. Yes. What have you been watching? So what have I been watching? A lot of Rebels, or is in case, Star Wars Rebels. So there again, going back about a month ago, roughly, uh, I tried watching the first episode of Ahsoka that came on Disney+. And I watched the entire thing. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Because they're going to be like, I only Let's watched... Let's face it. The real question you're asking is, where's Ezra? <laughs> Same. Yeah, I was like, okay, there's... It's okay, Where's Ezra? Where's Kanan? Where's all these other characters? Like, what's going on? And it's like, okay, I've got to watch this show. And be like, I think I'm on episode 12 right now. Uh, where, of Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels, episode uh, season one, episode 12. And uh, it is impressively good. Yeah. For not bad for a Disney XD show. No, it's not. Be like, and be like the the animation I had to get used to because they're again your you go from Star Wars, the Clone Wars to yeah. Star Wars Rebels, and the animation style is slightly different. Well, uh, the art style for 
uh, Rebels mm-hmm. is based on Ralph McQuarrie's okay, yeah, artwork, yeah. Uh, concept art for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The original concept art. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, that's what I'm currently watching. That's probably the only thing I've been watching uh, besides uh, uh, Monsters University. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So, an anime season started up last Saturday. That I watched. Um, let, let me. I uh, can. Can I guess what that show was? Go ahead. Uh, what was it? Family X something. The hilarious part of you, this guess, <laughs> is you could just look to the left. Yeah, and you'd have seen the name of it. Yes. Spy X Family. That's Spy right. Spy Family. Spy Family. The X is silent. Okay. The X is silent. Okay. Yes. Spy Family. Yes. The X is silent. <laughs> it's spelled Spy X Family. I think it's supposed to. It's an anime thing. I don't get what the X is there for. Because in my mind, I want to call it Spy Cross Family. But still. Mm-hmm. I love this show. Okay. I can tell. <laughs> the When this episode started out, because this is the first episode of season two, yes. on, and it's subtitled. They haven't got the English dub out mm. yet. I, I'm watching this episode, and at first, I'm a little bit kind of off the mark. It's like, okay, season one had some weaker episodes at the end of mm-hmm. it. Are they going to be able to catch the magic of what I liked about Spy Family? About halfway through the episode, I realized I was smiling against my will and it was never going to, it wasn't going to stop. It's against my will. It's against my will. It's against my will. We're the only two people getting this joke. I know that. <laughs> because it was, you know, I'm watching this whole thing and it's, Hey, the show is still incredibly clever. Yeah. With what it's doing. And Anya is so freaking cute. <laughs> and there's a point in this where it was like, wow, Anya, you really have upped your game. You know, she's okay. I, I can, I can say a little bit of it without spoiling anything. Okay. Anya, as you know, is a psychic. Yeah. At one point she, re- she overhears somebody is going to kill her mother. Yeah. Because she knows her mother is Thorn Princess. Yeah. You know, an assassin, even yeah. though her dad, uh, Lloyd, does not know this. Okay. <laughs> Still? <laughs> it's not come up. Ah. Um, and it's got Lloyd and, and Yor are on a date. Okay. Right? And the restaurant, the, the, the waiter at the restaurant recognizes Yor from when she killed his entire gang. <laughs> Okay. The night, like the night before. And he's, since he was scared straight, he's trying to turn over a loon leaf and have a, and have a, a, a good life until he, rea- until he sees your goes, this is a sign from the heavens. I must get to my, rev- I must avenge my team. And he's going to kill your, uh, first he tries to poison her mm-hmm. and that doesn't work no because she's, uh, Immune. immune. She's built up an immunity to, ah. to, to iocane powder. <laughs> powder. That's not what it was, but I, I'm making jokes now. Princess bread jokes. <laughs> yes. So she's built up this immunity. It actually helps her, to be honest, uh, which is funny. But Anya is... Con- well, Anya convinced Scruffyhead, who's supposed to be uh, babysitting her. Uh, I, I don't remember. It's Frankie. Frankie's the name of the character. Uh, he's supposed to be babysitting her, uh, but he's He's a pushover, mm-hmm. and they are tailing his, their parents. Mm. Of course, Lloyd knows this immediately. Yeah, but tailing their parents, and she hears the waiter's thoughts. That she's go- he's going to kill uh, on uh, your yeah. 
So he has she sets up a trap for him in the back. Mm-hmm. Somehow Anya is able to do this and Scruffy head uh, Frankie never realizes that, that where, where she's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at one point she steps out and she's of course got this full on like spy ninja kind of suit on with a toy ray gun. Right. And she has caused like this guy to get to trip on uh, the slip on, on, in oil on the ground mm-hmm. caused him to get covered in flour and then somehow caused a can of peanuts, of course, to explode where he picked up. Okay. Yeah. And then she steps out and says, at some point before all this, he heard that uh, she heard that his girlfriend's name was Catherine. Uh, so she steps out and says, do not get near uh, me or my family ever again, go home and make Catherine a, a happy lady and just walks off. I'm like, kudos, Anya, you are the best character in this show outside of Bond. Bond didn't get to do much in this episode. That's the dog. Oh, so <laughs> I love this show. Uh, I, if you haven't, if you're not watching Spy Family, go watch Spy Family. I am going to find a way to work it into the show. I just got to figure out at what point. I feel we can do some episodes without it feeling um, rushed. Yeah. But we'll, well, we'll at least get to an ending point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, other than uh, Spy Family last week, uh, I watched, um, uh, of course, Star Trek Lower Decks. I watched Loki Season 2, Episode 1. That was an interesting episode. Uh-huh. Uh, and honestly, I didn't watch much else because i got distracted by final fantasy 14 surprise surprise let's move on all right so what do we have in the news the cell cast news with your host jacob heron Why, thank you, Dilet, and getting to the bit of news we have for this week. Uh, Adam Sandler brings a classroom pet lizard in his go- in his golden age in the life of Leo. Not Leo the lion, but the name of Leo. The new so we already talked about Leo too much in this episode. Exactly. The new CG animated family feature coming to Netflix on November, November 21st, Sandler's Happy Madison production the comedy adventure, which was written by the comic icon, along with um, probably going to butcher the name, so I apologize in advance. Uh, Robert Smigel and Paul Sando. And uh, going into Crunchy, uh, speaking of anime, uh, Crunchyroll announced today that. No, oh, yesterday. Yesterday. That. Suzumi, a movie we've already done a reaction to. Oh yes, that's. I, th- I thought you were talking about a different story. Continue. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know when they talked about the yeah. Suzume thing getting a uh, re-release in theaters. Yes, uh, we'll return to North America theaters for a special engagement meeting on Friday, October twenty seventh, through Sony Pictures Entertainment. The critically acclaimed uh, animated feature will return to over two hundred theaters in the United States 
in select cities in Canada, screening in both Japanese and English subtitles and dub in English. Uh, mm-hmm. Tickets are available at SuzumiScoreMovie.com. Uh, so in a another uh so in two weeks in two weeks uh my friend over here will be going out of town on that saturday while me and my Beyonce, so a week from saturday a week from saturday a week from saturday uh, probably about the time you're hearing this probably if you're listening on the podcast side of things mm-hmm. So he will be going to town, but me and my fiance will be going to a fathom event to go see Back to the Future in theaters, in which I'm overexcited. No, never uh, would have guessed. No, nah. but uh, so speaking of uh, fathom events, uh, toy animation and fathom events revealed today, a couple of days ago, revealed that the U.S. theatrical release of Digimon Adventure 2, the beginnings. The beginning, which will be will be have a two day event in November, uh, on the eighth and ninth, starting at seven p.m. local time, fans can catch the newest um, storyline featuring the grown up version Digidescent characters from season two in seven hundred and fifty theaters across the country in both both in English dubs. the English dub on November 8th and Japanese with English subtitles on November 9th. And that is all I have for info and stuff. You mean the news? Yeah, news. That's what I meant to say. You never heard that. So I'm guessing you did not get my text message yesterday. Uh, maybe. I mean, you put a, a thumbs up on it. Well, yes. Would you like me to talk about that? Well, maybe. <laughs> Excuse Bless me. Bless you. Hold on. Toei Animation announces there is a new Dragon Ball series starting February, uh, next year. That's right. Dragon Ball Daima. Yeah. Well, Where, well correction. I'm actually looking at your... your uh, it was text. Facebook Messenger. Oh, well, never mind. You said Messenger. <laughs> Use the text. <laughs> It is technically a text messaging app. New it counts. Nuance. When I say text, here's the thing. If I'm sending something from a computer, I send it through Messenger. If I'm sending it from my phone, I use the regular Facebook. I got you. I got regular, you. The regular uh, okay. text messaging. Okay. So, Either way. So Toei is making, Toei a, is making a new Dragon Ball. Ball. Akira Toriyama is involved with the story. Yeah. I thought he was just doing the character. No. He's involved with the story. Oh, Okay. And this is going to take place, apparently, at least after Super. The way this trailer goes, if you've not watched it yet, mm. they actually have a scene from GT. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, granted, it's in that part where it's like uh, showing off uh, the versions of Dragon Ball animes across the time. Mm-hmm. So you get a shot of Dragon Ball from uh, the original show, mm-hmm. one a shot from Z, GT, uh, super. Oh no, sorry. Uh, Battle of Gods, Resurrection F, Super, Broly, mm. Superhero. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, and the GT was in there, but after the C, obviously. Yeah. And so this is, from what I could tell, this is it definitely takes place at least after Super, and the the name uh, Daima doesn't translate. But kind of means something along the lines of like big headed is kind of how it is. Because the art style in this is a very chibi yeah. art style. Yeah. 
Except there is a scene in that trailer where you actually see them go from like the normal super art style to this. So it's like somebody wished for this with the dragon balls and it affects everybody. So they're doing a GT, but to it's everybody. not really GT. Well, the, the be like, Oh, they get wished to turn into kids. Ex- key, except it's not just Goku. Yeah. It's Frieza. I mean, not Frieza, but uh, Vegeta. It's like, yeah. So it's like, Oh, this looks interesting. You know what this means? I actually have to finish Super. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to finish Super. It's right. just I got to what is literally the longest story arc in Dragon Ball history. And I'm about a quarter of the way through it. I'm up to where the actual Battle Royale started. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll get back to this eventually. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's just, eh. I'm curious how Goku and Frieza teaming up is going to, is going to work. Mm. I'm guessing what it's going to do to some degree is it's mm. going to be adapting what has been going on in the Dragon Ball Super manga, but then mm. it may not. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Dragon Ball Daima. Daima. Okay. Starting in uh, fall 2024. So, Dragon Ball Chibi. <laughs> Dragon Ball Chibi. Ch- uh, Chibi Ball Z. Chibi Ball Z. <laughs> On this episode of Chibi Ball Z. That just sounds weird. Goku meets up with Sailor Moon. (laughs) And they run around with Inuyasha and Yu Yu Hakusho. (laughs) All before they meet a kid who's going to be king of the pirates. Oh, bother. (laughs) A.K.A. Pirate Goku. And they go go hang out with Ninja Goku. And then Superhero Goku. (laughs) I just think it's going to go with every single. Strangely enough, Dragon Ball Z abridged characters start showing up and Toei has just gone nuts. <laughs> that will never happen because Toei is a bunch of jerks. But. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's what's going on yes. there. Yes. So. Is that all we got for the news? Yeah, that's all we got for news. All right, then let's go ahead and talk about the beginning of season five and the final stretch of X-Men, the animated series. Previously on X-Men. Meet a sulky, over-funky, kind of hunky superhero. Optimistic and electrically transistered superhero. And exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Reminds me, I'm going to have to make a new intro soon. 
Yes. It's been a year since I made the last one. Yes. That's going to be interesting, people. Let's just say that. Oh, yes. X-Men the Animated Series Season 5, The Phalanx Covenant, Parts 1 and 2. Both episodes originally airing on September 7th, 1996. Mm -hmm. Directed by Larry Houston and Fred Miller and written by Stephen Melching and David McDermott. Dermott. McDermott. Anyway. In these episodes, the X-Men are attacked by the Phalanx, a race of techno-organic aliens seeking to assimilate all life on Earth. Also, the X-Men are attacked again by the Phalanx that go trying to help, but Magneto, trying to find help, but Magneto at first sees this as his chance to watch humanity go down. Guest cast for this includes, sorry, uh, Chris Britton as Mr. Sinister, Lynn Carlson as President Robert Kelly and the Phalanx, David Corbin as Warlock and the Phalanx. Don Franks as Sabretooth and the Phalanx. Paul Hiddle as Quicksilver. Stephen Womet as Cameron Hodge. Mark Strange as Forge. David Himblin as Magneto. I am Magneto, Master of Magnet. <laughs> Jeremy Ratchford as Banshee. And Susan Roman as Amelia Vogt. Hmm. In these episodes, we have the trivia. Uh, uh, trivia for these episodes. This is the debut of the Phalanx and Warlock. The trucks have Joe's Calamari signs on the side, a reference to executive producer Joseph Calamari. Hmm. The Phalanx states, "You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile." I've heard that before. A phrase frequently used by the Borg another malevolent techno-organic race fond of assimilation from Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, at least their leader is not now Locutus? Am I saying that right? Locutus. Locutus. But he is Patrick Stewart. Yes. Connections. Connections. <laughs> David Hemblin returns to the role of Magneto after having br briefly been replaced by George Murner in episode Family Ties. So... Here's a hot take. Okay. Yes, the animation is cheaper, but the backgrounds are better. Yeah, agree. I don't know if it's. I don't know what what the difference here is. It's like, I, I know the animation is like it, 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 we were on like twos and mm -hmm. animating on twos in, in the other four seasons, and we are down to animating on threes mm -hmm. in this one. And there's a lot of times where lines just bleed together like and they're not supposed to but they yeah. do but the backgrounds are surprisingly well a lot better done than they were by the other company because we did switch animation companies we for did. season five granted i think we've already talked about that on the couple of season five episodes that, that chronologically popped, yeah. popped in throughout the rest of it but yes. we are fully on season five now yeah this is interesting yeah, I, I would say, like we, we discussed before, with the animation in these first two episodes, they're done very well. Yes. Because it looks like the animation, what you would see from season four, it's, season three. It's not quite the same uh, frequency. Yeah. The uh, models are pretty much the same models they yeah. were using. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are, it looks like they're, they're simplified in some places. Yes. Yeah, uh, because Cyclops... Cyclops almost already looked redesigned. I don't. It's it's still the same Slightly. same basic uh, yep. elements, but he seemed whiter in the in this one. Yeah, agreed. 
I don't know what that is. And of course, he was more belligerent in this episode than normal. Yeah, but also we get we get it. and all his lines are involved. Mister Sinister, I knew you were behind this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, you you feel like you get torn out of a a uh, cocoon, and all you see is the guy who's been trying to kill you for the last three seasons. Yeah. Well, so, trying to evolve you for the last three, three seasons. seasons to make the perfect mutants, mm-hmm. who are also obviously going to come from Scott's and Jean's line. Like, well, at least you're letting the lovers be lovers. <laughs> so here, we like, okay, so we get a new intro. We get a new intro song. Yeah. Well, we've, that is, we've, really, had, we've had yeah. this intro on the other season five episodes, but this yeah. is obviously where it was introduced. Yes. The theme song is it's still the same song, but mm. I mean, it's a much more rocking cover. Yeah. More of a 90s-ish kind of, or more of an Aerosmith-ish kind of. A little of bit, a little bit. But uh, the it's it's actually using guitars rather than than piano a, a synthesizers. Well, yeah, because that's the thing about Ron Wasserman is he doesn't know how to play guitar. Yeah, so in all of his rock stuff, like from uh, X Men and his Power most Rangers. famous one, Power Rangers, Rangers? like he used the piano. He, he did the whole thing in piano. I think it was uh, to the point where uh, uh, who was it in the that was playing with the Power Rangers orchestra as it was credited because it was basically a super group of every major rocks group that had a song on the power and then mighty Wolf from power rangers soundtrack yeah he 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 uh because they had to play a song he went up to ron wasserman and says i think i figured out how you did it here let me show you and he goes and he plays the whole thing and russ was cool i did it like this and he turns around to his piano and plays like this. <laughs> it's like oh okay so yeah this is actually being played by a guitar player which actually does work better mm. my issue though with this is that this is a um uh, they, they the actual video is the pro- the visual is the problem yeah. because this is a clip show opening. They yeah. took elements of the original opening. They took shots from other uh, seasons. seasons. Granted, it's probably uh, of the ones where uh, Saban has hacked together a new opening from mm-hmm. previous stuff. This is probably the best version they've done yeah. because it's like, feels like it's actually got action packed. Mm-hmm. Unlike Power Rangers season two. Uh <laughs> But uh, it's it's I I don't I I wish it was still an original animation. Just show the original video and play this new soundtrack over it. That's all yeah. I want. Okay, fair enough. And so I had a huge question. So, um, like obviously the world is being consumed by the phalanx. Yes, and they're 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 trying to find like refuge and like oh we found this one place we need to go. This will be our answer. And they go to Matito's fortress. <laughs> Well, I mean, they say they, they say, "Oh, I know. Let's go to let's go to Antarctica." My first thought: No, we don't need to go to the Savage Lands again. <laughs> no. We spent a whole season there. <laughs> no, no thanks. No, thank you. And it's like, nope, that's where Magneto is. Yeah. How do the people of the Savage Lands feel? You thought about showing them? <laughs> like the one point I don't want to see it. The other point is like, oh, there's Magneto, and wow, he he got old again. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, yeah, the, Magneto, the, the looks good on you, bro. Magneto, bless his heart. <laughs> he can age and de-age depending on how the right the, the artists feel that yeah, day. Agreed, agreed. So, be like, we get in the earlier part of this, you know, two-parter where Quicksilver pops in and he pops out, right? Yeah. So, because obviously, I think it's like he does get absorbed by the failings, right? Well, I mean, he gets put in the bubble. He's put in a bubble because he's mutant. like all the other mutants. Yeah. So. The the thing was is like okay then where's the Scarlet Witch? 
Because I kept thinking that these somewhere are... else. Somewhere else. The only reason Quicksilver was there is because he came with Forge, yeah, and they did, come yeah. from the same unit of was it Sword. Uh, Who they're working for? X Force. X Force. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's a lot of these paramilitary organizations in Marvel, and I get them confused. Uh, gr- fire. Fair. Completely. Of course, fair. it's X Men. I should think. Oh yeah, it's gonna be X something. Yeah. So my thought was is like, oh okay. They're like, yes, I'm gonna come out of my slumber because my 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 lovely wife has been murdered. We already know this. Why are you harping on this? Because believe me, I hear this all the time with certain customers. Um, now I'm, I'm not downplaying someone be like their their loved one passed away. I'm harping on some people who do not know how to oh. start stop talking about certain things the entire time. We've heard you talk about this a thousand times. Bust your heart. Are you are you referring to uh, Warlock talking about his life mate? Kind of, and then in <laughs> real life. Yeah, I know who you're talking about in real life. Yes. I, I, I'm trying to Actually, connect it back into the show. Yes. Uh, so and my, my funny thing was, is like, okay, Quicksilver has been kidnapped. And the thing that gets Magneto to get off his, his uh, magnetic butt is it's like, oh, Pietro. Oh, I might want to save my son. Yeah, maybe. Where's Wanda? Yeah, where's Wanda? <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe this is just because I am now used to the MCU right. and Wanda is such a major character in the yeah. MCU that I'm going, where's Scarlet Witch? Yeah. Pietro's involved. Might want to get Scarlet Witch involved on this because she could take care of this a lot faster than freaking uh-huh. Magneto. No. Scarlet Witch can tear the whole universe apart. She can she can uh, turn the, that phalanx into spaghetti <laughs> and then feed it to her uh, uh Nurse made uh, the talking cow. <laughs> You're not kidding. You're not kidding. And we just had an episode featuring that talking cow. No. Like we did within a couple episodes ago. Yes. Yes. Bova. That's her Bova. name. Bova. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, it involved Wanda Pietro. That's when they first that's showed the up. only episode we had with Wanda. <laughs> and they didn't use her powers at all. At all. At all. Well, this is actually the first time we actually see Pietro actually get to run. Yeah, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it before this one. Well, no, no, he does in that one episode where it be like he does pick up Wanda and he does run. Okay, five, uh, two, two frames of running animation. Fine. Okay, fine then. This one we actually get to see. Okay, I'm gonna go pick up the van and he runs off. I'm going. Wow, you are not the Flash because the Flash would have been. St- smarter than that to go after a van that could be consumed by this techno organic yeah, virus you're like barry you are not barry allen you are not <laughs> i know that's i know this is one of those instances where i have no idea who came first though i believe it was the flash mm-hmm. uh but you did not take his you are not based on him as much as you think you are yeah that's true but anyway yeah but yeah, I'd be like, I, I thoroughly be like, I enjoyed these two episodes. Is there again, you have, oh crap. What do you, he keeps calling himself? What is his name? Warlock. Warlock. Be like, I enjoyed the character. It's uh, not a name. It's a title. It's a title. Because apparently they don't have names. Apparently they don't have names. But uh, you have, this is more of like a Hank McCoy focused story. Yeah. Which I enjoy because, you know, poor Hank doesn't get a whole lot of story arcs. Considering all through season one, he was in jail. Yeah, that's true. He was in season one. He was, you know, a, a, a jail beast. Yeah. He's a jail beast. A jailed beast. A jailed beast. But. Uh, beast in a cage. 
quote, quoting Shakespeare. Well, he's still quoting Shakespeare yeah. among many other people. Yes. But uh, I know like, Mr. Sinister is a, is a, is a uh, strange ally, but the enemy, I think this is one of those, the enemy of my enemy is my, my friend, friend situations. I'm yeah. going, that's the worst quote you've come well, up with yet. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Hank. You're better Dr. than this. Come on, Give, give me something that sounds Shakespearean. Oh my gosh! But yeah, it's like I enjoy it when they they focus on more characters other than Storm or Wolverine or Cyclops. Cyclops. Though I, yeah, I love- focus on Jean Grey for once. <laughs> we had two whole arcs with Jean Grey know, as, a, but as a title character. Right. Well, I say that one of those is I am Doc. I am Prof- Professor uh, Xavier, and I have turned evil. You want to know how you can tell? I have a cape. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> Oh, this has been a crazy show. You know that. You're not kidding. But But, yeah, uh, yeah. these are two very good episodes. I'm cringing at the rest of the season because we've seen clips Uh, here and there from season five. I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is going to look bad. Like bad, bad, bad. There's a reason it was canceled after this season. Uh, Agreed. Uh, So, yeah. Next on the next two episodes, mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at Stormfront parts one and two. And then we're going to have at least a couple of uh, single episodes after yeah. that, including one I am curious of because it just has a ridiculous name: mm-hmm. Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. That's going to be interesting. I think I saw that episode of Power Rangers. <laughs> Because I, I keep thinking, be like, you know, Stormfront part one and two. Just please say we do not harp on be like, oh, uh, Monroe, uh, Ro, uh, not Aurora Monroe has Aurora claustrophobia Monroe. from that time. A wall fell on her as a child. We're not sure if she was black or white in this particular <laughs> flashback, but that's what happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, that's still the worst mistake this show has made because literally they show the same flashback three episodes in a row and the one in the middle, it's like an Oreo. The one, the first oh, one, geez. she's African American. The last one, she's Afri- well, not Amer- African American. She's, you know I mean? she's African. The middle one, she's South African. <laughs> What's going on, Saban? But anyway, join us next week for that. Oh my! Gosh. Along with yes. uh, Young Frankenstein, uh, a movie I've been trying to get this guy to watch for mm-hmm. how many years? Five, five at years. Least. I'm forcing you finally to watch it. Yes, it's against my will. It's against my will. It's against my will. This is when I put my foot down when we were yes. first talking about putting in plus music. Okay, yes. we get to Halloween. You're watching Young Frankenstein. No. Oh, you'll enjoy it. I, I'm pretty sure you've liked it. other, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Mel Brooks films, yeah. So, I'm sure you'll I'm, love I'm, this. I'm not surprised, be like, I'll enjoy this. It's Gene Wilder, yeah. Willy Wonka pretending to be Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, That's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> you'll get that joke later, okay? Uh, along with certain whinnying horses, which I need to remember to put on my soundboard, yes. So Actually, we'll need that again later this year, too. Uh, so join us next week for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. I try, but don't miserably have done. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. 
and his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts. Stitcher. Spotify. Or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell, with a single L.